0: Can we start now okay. yeah you, Wait, I, you have to hold the bottom don't you because you yeah always support the bottom
1: this is very kissy. this is very, I, I very aware of my garlic i'm very sorry. i can't
0: smell it breathe on me no i really Bre- don't want to breathe on me you no, can smell I it i can't do it again you that smell literally it. smells fine you smell like a like a gentle pizzeria we're super excited to be together Mm -hmm. very i mean this is the opposite of remember the COVID guidance
1: oh yeah this is not six feet apart we are we are throwing it back to the first like what three episodes of another our
0: heads are within one foot
1: (laughs) one foot (laughs) i think our
0: noses are touching (laughs) it's really intimate thoughts today
1: oh well hello listener hope you're doing well happy thursday um a little context what's happening right now so normally alistair and i record on zoom um and that's yeah. how i've been editing for the last like what four months or something mm-hmm. um and we were going to be recording in person with each of our mics and alistair forgot the cable uh,
0: I did his. i always forget something i brought my lovely mic we were going to sit across the room and have a chat mm-hmm. didn't bring the cable can't plug in the mic so we are <laughs> turning the one mic face facing each other you have to be quite close for this to sound good
1: yeah we were describing it as within kissing distance yes so, so
0: now we are within kissing distance so picture that
1: uh gaze and yes
0: it's when we're recording right now it's a sunday night mm-hmm. we had a little frankamanka it was gorgeous nice little pizza a couple
1: glasses glass of wine yeah, more than a couple.
0: Three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Should, more than a couple. <laughs> we also have to preface with the fact that Alistair can't hold his liquor. So Oh my god, not even one bit. No, not even one bit. But I'm this is the best episode we could do this for because we felt like it was the right time for a treat. Yes. We wanted to, we've been sort of diving
1: here, there, and everywhere, and we've been doing a little bit of like future, a little bit of past. And we actually put a poll out on Twitter earlier because we knew we wanted to do a series opener, preferably sort of early in New Who. So
0: we put out a poll Oh my god, we did. We put out a poll and we offered one of four of the New Companion episodes, which were... Remind me what we offered. So we
1: went with New Earth, which obviously is not a New Companion, but like a New Doctor. New Earth, Smith and Jones, Partners in Crime... And the 11th hour, I believe. Yes.
0: And we kind of knew
1: Partners in Crime was going to take the biscuit. Well, you say that, but I actually just checked it. So we're recording this at quarter to 10, and we put the poll out maybe like three hours ago. I just checked it. We had already decided, we sort of closed the poll a little bit ago. We've rewatched Partners. So, spoiler, it's Partners in Crime. You already know that by looking at the episode title. But I looked at the poll like just now before we started recording. It is now neck and neck, 32% with (gasps) the 11th hour. And I felt quite bad because, Partners in Crime won the poll by the time we cut it off by quite a bit. But so many people replied with every other episode that was on the poll. We had people saying they wanted Smith and Jones and people who wanted The 11th Hour. And we were
0: like, well, the poll says Partners in Crime, so that's what you'll get. (laughs) If this overtakes, it's so embarrassing for us. But it's too late, guys. I'm sorry. Should I check? Yeah, have a little look. This is such a fan favourite, though. I'm I'm not surprised at all that this took over. Mm -hmm. It feels like really naughty to dip into series four because series four is the immaculate no skip season right and it's it's a no skip also for the listeners it is still tied so we
1: went with partners in crime
0: (laughs) we're sorry okay if that's not kind of electorally valid later on we, we apologize for that but series four is the no skips golden era of doctor who i think like indisputably yeah i completely agree i mean I
1: feel like with New Who, there's a lot of highs and lows um, in every area, but like including RTD1. And I feel like series four was right when Russell like was really in his stride. Uh, It was also returning characters. so It was people he'd already written for before. So he was like building on existing characters, like an existing doctor and a previous like companion. I guess you can call Donna a companion after Runaway Bride. And so
0: he really could just sort of run and play. I feel and that. It really shows. So we are going pretty far back it's it's funny again it has this sense of recency series four, watching it it feels again to us mm-hmm. always like this is something that happened five years ago
1: i was saying so coincidentally this week the week you are listening to this is actually the anniversary of partners in crime and yesterday if you listen to this on the date that this episode goes out so today the episode goes out on the 6th of april the 5th of april is actually the anniversary date by 15 years now, which is terrifying, ah. of partners in crime. So happy anniversary.
0: <laughs> I was just looking at the air date. We we always have these episode notes in front of us. I think, by the way, my flatmate, I told him we do planning notes. He he was like baffled. He was like, really? I was like, girl, there's like pages of notes we make before these episodes, which he didn't believe.
1: I was showing my mum. Uh, I went home recently and, and I was planning some stuff for the podcast and my mum was like, oh, what are you doing? And I showed her, we have this whole Google Doc with different tabs of like uh, what we're planning to do for different weeks, the schedule for YouTube, potential guests we're going to have on. And she was like, you can't fit all this in with work, can you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Unbelievably. We find a way. <laughs> but yeah, I was looking at this and I was thinking, damn, this was before my 12th birthday. And I remember my 12th birthday pretty well. I just realised I was still in primary school, I think. 2008, yeah,
1: I went to secondary school in September of 2008. So I was... In primary school, when this came out, that's a that's a weird thought for me
0: to start off sam do you want to give us some
1: context for this episode absolutely so partners in crime was episode one of series four of doctor who again aired on the 5th of april 2008 uh, it was directed by james strong now james had directed other episodes for doctor who already like uh the impossible planet the satan pit uh voyage of the damned he also went on to direct the planet of the dead he's also worked on other projects such as torchwood silent witness and broad church series opener was written by russell t davies no surprise there and this reached 8.4 million viewers an IMDB score of surprisingly 7.7 out of 10, which I felt was a bit low.
0: Why has it got that low a score?
1: I have no real negatives for this. I mean we'll dive into it later, but like I think I, I would score this like a 9.2 or something.
0: Yeah, I have I have no negatives for this. It's the um it's like the epitome of camp RTD perfection. It mm-hmm. is so emblematic. Is that the, word, the word I want? <laughs> emblematic of its era. And it wraps up a lot of the of the goodness that we liked of that time. Why are people marking this down?
1: I honestly don't know. And the childhood nostalgia in me wants to always say that Ten and Rose will be my favourite companion pairing of all time because I feel like they were the ones that really like... I mean, obviously, I grew up with Christopher and Rose as well, but I really was hooked with Ten and Rose and I love the love story and stuff. But in my maturity and in Mm. my age, I Mm. feel like Donna... And Ten is like my favourite companion Doctor duo. I just, I, I love, I mean, obviously, again, another reason why we're happy to be doing this episode is because this year we'll see the return of uh, David Tennant and Catherine to Doctor Who. But I, ju- I, I do not think there is a bad episode in this season.
0: No, and I'm racking my brain now thinking about the episodes in this season and it's, it's banger after banger.
1: Now, for anyone who hasn't seen this episode, and to be quite honest, I know that a lot of our demographic are people who sort of grew up on You Who as well. I would be baffled. New Who, Old Who, whatever, if you have... Old Who sounds kind of derogatory as well, doesn't it, when talking <laughs> it about classic Who? Um, but I feel like everyone listening to this podcast will have watched this episode. But if not, Alistair, should we give a little bit of a summary?
0: yes equally i'd be shocked if you weren't familiar with this story especially if you found yourself this deep into Hulala. what are you doing here girl um episode but- 24 baby <laughs> episode 24 imagine you're chronological and you haven't seen this oh. uh shout out to that one person <laughs> <laughs> we rejoined donna noble just over a year after we left her in the runaway bride she regrets her choice not to travel with a doctor and has spent her time tracking down potential alien threats hoping to cross paths with him again while investigating the mysterious adipose industries and their astonishing diet pills, they meet again and are soon wrapped up in another adventure. Yes, they
1: discover that the company, run by the elusive Miss Foster, was actually made to breed a new generation of adipose, an alien species made by converting the fat in humans along with blood, bones, and other internal organs. After thousands of adipose have been made, the Doctor and Donna manage to stop them from killing any of the humans, and the adipose ship comes to collect them. They cut ties with Miss Foster by dropping her off of a building, and the adipose fly away, leaving the Doctor reunited with Donna. She joins him in the TARDIS,
0: waving goodbye to her grandad as she travels off onto their next adventure. That was wonderful. You just said there about not killing any humans. Um, any morning. more humans. Oh, any more humans. I was going to say, is Stacy the only full victim of this episode? I feel so. I mean, I'm assuming
1: other people had been killed before this point because Matron Cophelia, who was Miss Foster, had said something about how they can convert in a crisis mode. They can convert people completely. It makes them a bit sick. Poor babies. Mm. Uh, but I think that on camera, the only person who actually fully dies was poor Stacy.
0: Yes. We were watching this this afternoon and we made, as much as I've just bigged up our like episode notes, we made some very rough iPhone notes app notes bullet points. My first note on here is the music for my GCSE drama piece. Oh my God. You have to tell this story. Okay. So a previous story I told is that... Around the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who, I made a cartoon for my art class, a whole comic strip depicting <laughs> the moment the Doctor saved Gallifrey, because that's a really normal and cool thing to do as an 18-year-old about to go to university.
1: Wait, hold on. You didn't clarify you were 18
0: when you did this. I was 18 years old when I did this. This is a decade ago. Yeah. Okay. It's a historic crime. <laughs> and i we had to do like a devised piece and... We had to like, you know, create, well, I don't know what the, what was the brief? I really don't know. But anyway, I was like, I know just the song, guys. Mm-hmm. I know just the song, creating our original piece. We want to get out um, A Girl About Town by Murray Gold.
1: A noble girl Oh, I'm them. so You're sorry. You're missing the part. Oh my
0: God. I burnt it onto a CD. We've got out the drum room CD player and over and over again, I had. Dun, dun, dun,
1: dun.
0: Dun, dun,
1: dun. I mean, it is one of, if not my favorite. Murray Gold piece for sure
0: yeah so we had this genius piece we had four of us kind of lined up in a row doing our morning routine miming it facing <laughs> the audience so we'd you know open open the bathroom cupboard and we'd brush out get out the toothpaste do a big yawn brush our teeth, and we did it in synchronised movements to Donna's theme I want to kind of imagine
1: this is like synchronised swimming <laughs> where there's like a group of you like na 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 nah, and you like stretch
0: out your arm and it goes like na 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 it has like Slightly ruined the song. I ruined it for myself. No. Um, it's funny. There were two groups inside the, the drama class as well. There was there was our group and there was another group in the other room, and we were like divided just by like a curtain. And they got to a point where like this boy from the other group who really didn't like me was like, oh, "Can you guys stop
1: playing that?" It's really <laughs> fucking annoying. I was like, <laughs> I also like kind of low-key Wish they were all like
0: you nerds.
1: Like they all knew what you. were They doing. didn't
0: know what it was. They yeah. didn't know what it was. They were just like that. that song is is annoying. Anyway, at your head. Well, speaking of uh, great songs and Murray Gold, this is the
1: first time we see the revamped uh, New Who theme that I. I like to call it the rock and roll doctor theme oh yes this is for me the best theme I 100% agree. It's, it, it start because like, the old one was like, whereas this one starts like, <laughs> and then like, the real like, dru- this is the rock and roll Dog 2 theme and I, for one, pardon my French, fucking love it. It's so Oh, good. yes, baby.
0: Little this, boy. series one, had the best theme up until this stage. This, you mean out of all like classic and stuff? I, I well. think, I think so. And I think this elevated that to another level that mm. I don't think has been reached since. I, I don't want to get into like theme discourse here. I really don't. That's an episode for another time. We should do an episode where we give our personal
1: ranking for every Doctor Who theme.
0: Sure. Uh, let me give you a quick whistle tour of that now because oh, go. the series five theme is fine, but it's a step down for me what I hated about
1: that is they got rid of the um, and they replaced that with the like.
0: one of the most important sounds in the theme for me is the but that's a new edition I don't feel like they did that in the old ones I don't think that one was there either I could be wrong and a theme fan is going to come for us we get these every so often as well we get a dm on the on the gram we get a correction every so often we do every like few weeks and by the way we appreciate that oh yeah
1: please keep them coming like we need to clock ourselves it keeps us in
0: check and we accept that feedback and we're very polite when we get it we're very courteous (laughs) and we're, we're humbled And we will get a clarification on this one as well. Like, they'll be like, um, actually that motif is called the... (laughs) And they'll be like, and it's been in like more than 59 different series. Wouldn't it be a gag if we got someone who like worked on Classic Who messaged us and be like, well,
1: I actually wrote that. And not Dealer Derbyshire. Dealer Derbyshire is not about to message us on Twitter, but... I don't know. No, I've been rewatching a lot. I mean, this is really going off tangent. I've been rewatching a lot of Tom Baker recently. And that really has like the pre-Peter Savers like... Like that kind of thing.
0: Should we talk about the episode? No. <laughs> I want to talk about Tom Baker. <laughs> There's a really interesting thing in the book, The Writer's Tale, mm. which is a series of emails between Rusty Davies and Ben Cook from Doctor Who Magazine. Yeah. And it's like a glimpse into Russell's writing process. And I think it was originally maybe going to be published in Doctor Who Magazine. And they realized over time that it was it was developing into something- Substantial. Something much more substantial. And they turned it into a whole book. And it's really interesting. It's- Around the development of Series 4. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is there was going to be a companion who was pretty developed in terms of the concept um, mm-hmm. called Penny Carter. And they had a very complete concept of what Penny would be. And she was going to be a slightly o- older companion, a much more like mature companion. Mm-hmm. She was really going to have her shit together. She was going to be somewhere in her 30s. She, I think, was going to be a journalist, potentially.
1: I feel so, because I know where you're going with this, and I think they took, aspects of her and then put her in this
0: i think yeah the penny aspect in this which is the journalist which made it into the episode i think is a bit of an homage to the character that never was they never cast penny but the story goes that they had someone in mind who they very much would have liked to play penny who they were going to approach and russell actually bumped into that actor in oxford street Mm. and spoke to that person down the street and thought wow that person will never know (laughs) but apparently his first thought like bumping into her was like oh my god Penny yeah and she never knew
1: well it's so funny because I mean obviously this was all done before they cast Catherine or like re brought Catherine Tate back into the show and I think like wasn't it that Russell like was like oh wouldn't it be great to get Catherine back into the show and then he was like although she'll never do it so that's why they built the whole Penny Carter thing and then he asked her on the off chance and then she was like yeah
0: I'll do it I think they thought they might get her back for a few They didn't think she would commit to a whole series, yeah.
1: I mean, it's a big... I mean, you moved to Wales for a year, basically. It's a big commitment, so yeah, I get the... I
0: think she was... They were surprised she was so up for it, yeah.
1: Yeah, but um, Penny Carter does live in some form in this episode. There is a journalist called Penny Carter, who's obviously investigating Adipose Industries as well. But to clarify, yeah, this isn't the same character they would have had as a companion. I think they just wanted to, like, sort of pay homage to the idea of Penny.
0: It's interesting as well, because, in a way, Donna's role at the start of this episode is investigating...
1: She's Sarah Jane Smith. She is.
0: She's digging around. And I guess like in another world, Penny would have been creating a story.
1: Yeah, I feel so. I think they probably, I don't fully understand the writing process, but I'm assuming that the majority of the story planning would have been done fairly early as in like penciling what they would like to do. And I'm assuming they wanted an episode where they were, investigating something and you very easily i imagine could have swapped donna out for an investigative journalist called penny like the penny in this episode could have played up until the point i feel anyway the role that donna was playing like finding the company investigating it sneaking in the espionage and all that stuff
0: but unfortunately for her the penny got dropped oh that was good
1: oh no that was good for better for worse i say for better
0: do they set up stacy campbell to deserve her death by making her dump that guy (laughs) when
1: we were so we're jumping ahead of it i know but when we were watching the episode um stacy campbell is the character uh, of someone who has been taking the adipose pills the the diet pills and donna meets her to like have a chat and investigate and um donna goes like oh you going on a date and then she goes i'm doing the opposite i'm dumping him i can do better than him now and i'm like Ah! because you've lost weight you're gonna dump your like poor boyfriend because you've like gotten skinnier and alice turned to me and he was like She deserved the outcome she
0: got. (laughs) But I didn't mean that. I did not mean that. I did not mean that. You kind of meant it. I didn't. I didn't. I just felt it was funny. It felt like the story was almost setting up for like, oh, it's all right that she goes because... She was a bit of a dick. (laughs) (laughs) Because she, you know, she got what she was coming. No, it was unfair, of course. It was a horrible fate for Stacey. She lost her hair, skin (laughs) and bones. It's the way that uh, Miss Foster describes an adipose turning into
1: an adipose from a mm. human is like oh well in a crisis they can uh, do blood and internal organs but it makes them a bit sick it and i was like it makes sick. me a bit sick too honey
0: yeah that was my note here was did stacy campbell deserve her fate of course she didn't of course she didn't um rest in peace stacy
1: one of the most iconic moments of Doctor Who, point blank and period, like classic mm. Any Who, that came out of this episode was the moment where Donna and the Doctor finally see each other again. Yes. And I mean, again, I'm sure everyone listening to this will have seen it, but they are like on opposite sides of a room. The Doctor's outside the building looking through the window. Donna is outside the room looking through a door window and they see each other and have this whole exchange without dialogue where they're kind of catching up and the doctor's like what are you doing and Donna's just like waving at him and um we also we watched uh, confidential before recording this kind of prep as well and Catherine Tate was saying that she sort of asked Russell and asked the director they were like okay h- how are you envisaging I do this like how am I gonna convey all of this conversation without any dialogue and they were like I think Russell was like, we'll
0: just see what Catherine does on the day. Yeah. So
1: she just kind of like became a mime for the day. But it's just some of the most iconic comedy to come out of Doctor Who, I think.
0: It's one of the best ever scenes. And in a way, it doesn't surprise me. Like ta- Catherine Tate is so talented and so funny. The Catherine oh, Tate, sure. you do watch the Catherine Tate show.
1: I, I literally was thinking when I was watching, I was like, this is like a sketch from the Catherine Tate show.
0: Exactly. I'm not surprised you could do it. Who, who was your um like favorite character in the Catherine Tate show? Uh,
1: several. Okay, so the easy choice is Nan great i love nan um and lauren i really liked her as well i quite liked there was a really i don't know if they were in every series but there was a couple who would sit it was her and like her husband and they just complain about like the prices of things yeah and they'd be like oh, i tried to use my christmas voucher to get a christmas roast and they wouldn't let me <laughs> and i mean it's the 24th of october and then they go like the dirty rotten thieving little
0: bastards <laughs> i was thinking the other one where it's the aga saga um with that woman and she'd be like um
1: Oh, please! Like
0: me... <laughs> she has the kids in the back of the car, and she's like, the posh woman. My oh, day god. in Tottenham.
1: <laughs> oh my god! I saw um, a friend of mine, Lola King, who you, you will not be listening because she does not listen to this podcast. Uh, but I saw a friend of mine do a drag mix to that. But it was it would cut to clips of that character, and then it'd be like stop. It's the eggs! They're not <laughs> organic! <laughs> Run be alive! One Fergus eats the ogre too soon. Okay. Fergus. Would you like a gooseberry and cinnamon yogurt? <laughs> I don't know, Mummy. I've never tried a gooseberry and cinnamon yogurt. I think I'll leave it. I've just got my head around hummus. <laughs> or quick sticks. <laughs> he's like, take my prefect badge, and she's like, don't touch it.
0: <laughs> that was our favourite character in my house because we we knew, did you relate to it? We knew so many of those mums oh. that it was it was very funny. I
1: love that. Oh, anyone who's not listened, you have to go for. I don't know where you'd find the Catherine Tate. I guess it's
0: all, 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 it's all on YouTube. It's all, all, all on, on YouTube. Yeah. Just watch it on YouTube. Uh, uh, partners, anyway. in anyway, <laughs> partners in crime. Anyway, partners in crime. Can I can I say a thing that just jumped at me in this episode? Maybe this isn't chronological enough, but... I, Wait, uh,
1: I feel like this is real. This is a real throwback to classic who la and this is just us having a good old chat. We, this is a lot less structured than we normally
0: do, but I kind of like that. I'm going to be very good. You jump ahead. It feels like the one to be unstructured for because... Everyone's so familiar with this one already, so it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I am fascinated by the way there's just no colour grading in this episode.
1: Yeah. I mean, if we were doing highs and lows, I but do you know what? It's not even a low. It's just like an interesting it's, it's observation. It's just an observation. A it, joke, doesn't, just the fact,
0: it doesn't detract from it at all for me, which is so interesting. Everything is very visually clear in this episode and the series. You have very... <laughs> I don't know how to describe this. Nothing is trying to be artistic in these shots. <laughs> Functional cinematography.
1: I think that's what I'd it's call it.
0: Like, it's like you could cut aside from a modern EastEnders into this. And it would look pretty consistent. Mm. Do you know what I mean? There's no... Later series of Doctor Who, I feel like, maybe like series eight, series nine,
1: like really started to try, and I guess series five as well a bit, but really... Series
0: five tried to be more cinematic.
1: Series five, I feel like, tried to be more cinematic, but they didn't get the good cameras and stuff until maybe six. And then eight again, like started more... the, The time where I like truly noticed Doctor Who becoming amazing was the Chibnall and Jodie era like that was when I was watching and I was like they've got incredible cameras incredible shots like this looks like cinema but yeah I didn't
0: really think about it until you pointed out when we were watching it's very functional viewing I feel yeah they changed the style a lot in series five and then upgraded it again I think big time for series seven yeah and then I think that stayed fairly consistent I'd Maybe, yeah, Jodie's era, there was another big visual shift.
1: They changed, like, it's things like the aspect ratio, they changed as well. It became a lot more, like, cinematic. And I loved it. I want to say two things. It's one point. I want to talk about Donna's parents, because Sylvia Noble is the gay... Everyone, including myself, love Jackie Tyler. Mm -hmm. Jackie Tyler, Stan. Oh, yeah. Sylvia... Jackie 2.0 Sylvia Noble is incredible like the scene where she's behind Donna cleaning the same thing 18 times and she's like oh you know you've not worked in this long you're a temp you were there today like she's it's amazing. not the 80s anymore no one's unemployed <laughs> these days like she and it's like it's my turn to use the car I'm going out with Zet she's been on those pills. she says she looks marvellous <laughs> like <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> she's just I love her so much she's like up the hell. he's <laughs> always She's up the (laughs) hill. She's just like blindly oblivious, but like super happy living her life. And like, I just love her. Um, And I guess like her parents and granddad I want to talk about, but I want to talk for a second about Jeffrey Noble. So Howard Atfield, who played Jeff Noble, uh, he was Donna's father in The Runaway Bride. He was scheduled to come back for series four, uh, reprising his role as Donna's dad. And he actually started filming some of his scenes. He filmed the scene. He was was going to play the character that Wilf ended up taking. And he filmed the scene where Donna and her dad on the hilltop looking out at the stars. And unfortunately, he grew ill quite quickly during filming and he sadly passed away. And Russell said that he didn't want to re cast him like recast the character like bring in someone else played donna's dad but he wanted to have that role filled in the show so i think he made the very smart decision to then bring back bernard Cribbins, who had been in the previous episode it's really weird when you think of it like that bernard Cribbins was in the last episode before this in the voyage of the damned uh playing an unnamed character uh and brought him back and i think that was just such an amazing gift uh, and an outcome to come out of such a sad situation because we also, as an audience, get to watch that scene. You should look it up on YouTube. It's a really gorgeous scene between Donna and her dad. But then the relationship between Donna and her granddad, I think, grew to become something completely new. We've never seen that kind of relationship in Doctor Who before. And to get Bernard Cribbins as a series regular and eventually, in a way, I say, become his own companion, like in the end of time, one of the best things to happen to New Who.
0: I think. So nice because again, it's one of those times that Doctor Who introduces an older actor to a new generation, mm-hmm. and he becomes one of the those grandfatherly figures on TV that is really beloved. And I know that so many younger fans, including both of us, were so upset when we heard that Bernard Crippins had passed. Mm -hmm. And really pleased still that he will appear in the 60th anniversary specials. Mm -hmm. And I think that will be his last ever on screen role. He's got such a special presence, but as well, like, the way he's described in all the tributes that we heard about the kind of person he was off screen as well. You know, you know he was so funny. He was so up for it as mm-hmm. well, like, being on this and having a laugh and the things he wanted to try doing on screen. Um, yeah, it's, it's a fantastic character.
1: I feel like Wilf just brought so much, like, it's really interesting because, you, like, like you said, they don't often bring an older actor to a younger audience who are watching New Who very often and certainly not one that younger audience members connect with so much and I feel like he had such like a youthful spirit especially like the end of time he's like jumping about and he's chatting with Minnie and I am so excited I remember when the filming photos leaked for the 60th when it was uh, Bernard Cribbins, Catherine Tate and David Tennant filming in Camden and he's in the wheelchair being wheeled into Mm -hmm. the TARDIS and I can just imagine like a little I think they were running like a little funny chase scene into the TARDIS He's running away from something or running into it for some reason and like I can imagine the of getting into the TARDIS and being like oh you've you've cleaned up in here or something like that or just yeah. as dirty because yeah. he made that comment and I'm so excited to see him back I, I think he was one of the the noble family just all four of them are such a great addition to Doctor Who
0: all five now
1: all five now yeah Rose Temple Noble six I guess as well with uh, Donna's husband good lord it's just never growing family
0: but they're fantastic I want to talk about the pose. may I you may. A couple of things that made me laugh, but I didn't notice before. Um, one you pointed out, which is they sound like Teletubbies. They really do that, like, eh, eh, like Teletubby noise. <laughs> like, they really sound like I guess like baby noises, right? But they sound a lot yeah. like Teletubbies.
1: Yeah, it's like, it's like synthetic baby noises.
0: Okay, yeah. Second of all is um, that when the... The two guards. There's only two guards in this, which is so funny. They're way over armed, and they both have machine guns. But when they come out of the van to collect the adipose, they get this like net out of the van, which I thought was so funny. Like <laughs> <laughs> they're just gonna like grab them with a big net. Yeah, literally, they get a big black net out. Um, and they scoot them up and they shut them in that box, which is pretty funny. Third thing. Um, off tangent. This isn't now about the adipose. It's about the guards. I, <laughs> I, I know have, where you're going with it. I have a note written, which is just right. Guard is a twonk which <laughs> but it's true he is it's a really important note i pointed out during the rewatch and i was like oh my god like one on the right is quite a twunk um he's the younger one if yeah. anyone's unclear he might not always be on the right and <laughs> this is a really well structured thought yeah and everyone's like no he's not he's not he's not and i was like no look and then he came up again and i was like oh my god yeah what a twunk um and that's the whole thought yeah no he i i mean i had never looked at the cards like that before but i will
1: never not look at it like that now do you know what's so funny is he probably has a battles in time card
0: oh my god (laughs) um 50 points to the viewer listener who can find the battles in time card for twonk Guard. I know If he's not called Twan Gub What's the point?
1: Something that definitely did get A Battles in Time card That I knew I loved But I kind of forgot about Until we were rewatching this episode Is the Sonic pen There's that really camp scene Where the Doctor's like Oh yeah no She'll never stop us Unless she's got a Sonic device Which is very unlikely And then she's strutting In her platform high heels They're probably Louboutin And then whips out the Sonic pen And she's like Out of my way And I remember You could buy Like we were talking about Weird merch recently And I think there's a whole other episode There somewhere um you could buy the sonic pen as a like just as a a toy and it was one i never got and i always wanted (laughs) there were so many weird toys out of here like you get the adipose like stress toy and minifigure like so much
0: i had the adipose stress toy and i looked it up and apparently the origins of this is milk who were doing the vfx Mm. actually created their own stress toy like in-house yeah and that was the origin for the toy and i had it and it was It was cool. It was cute. It was made of a material, though, that was so rubbery and sticky. I remember it was like covered in dust. I
1: can fully imagine that.
0: It was like, you know how like silicone foam cases go really nasty after a bit? Mm-hmm. It was like that, like mega. It was so sticky and gross. But I guess very true to an adipose. Very true to an adipose. I remember I always wanted it, but I had a weird
1: thing. I guess I was a size queen. I remember looking at it and I was like, this is not to scale. <laughs> like the adipose <laughs> are bigger than this and that like stopped me wanting to get it.
0: Yeah, the adipose are really cute though. We we also had another theory on the adipose, which is, At um, we- least the adult adipose theory? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were like, oh, I wonder what like the adult adipose on the ship looked like. Like, what did the first adipose family look like? And you pointed out that an adipose appears in, in day, The End of Time in, yeah. in David Tennant's last episode, but it's on a bar in outer space with Captain Jack having a drink. And we were like, oh my God, they've got kids in the bar. And I was like, no, wait what if they don't have kids at the bar maybe they just don't age they just don't grow and all of the adipose including the (laughs) parents (laughs) what
1: okay you need to explain to me because i think i kind of missed out we were doing some research into the adipose for this and Arthur just taps me and there's a tardis wiki page of a comic like drawing of an adipose like holding a mic as if he was a news reporter what was that
0: i don't know what that was i think the adipose do not appear right i wish it's a travesty by the way in um any like extended media Media. and i love how we both synchronize on the world that was really odd that was was (laughs) internet and the one time it does it's it's clearly like not a serious thing yeah there's like an adipose reporting menus, and i love that as well the way that tardis wiki does this it had like a footnote that was like at least one adipose speaks english and it's because of that (laughs) (laughs) like It's like, so funny I was like Oh I wonder what the context For that is And it's like An adipose reading the news Is the funniest thing Oh
1: Speaking of reading the news I don't think that she features In this episode But talking about the adipose In turn left When the adipose invade New York uh, Our girl Trinity Wells Is the uh, one reporting yeah. on it I know this I know we bring it up all the time But I feel like People need to talk about it It's not too late If they've not filmed it They can do it as an add in are we going to be seeing the Trinity Wells resurgence in RTD2? God, we
0: better be. She's the one consistent thing that I need back so strongly. What was the fact I had before that she'd played, was it? She, she was. played Muck in Bob the Builder. That's bizarre, isn't it? That's what? Do you reckon she's English? I actually don't know. I think she is. And that's an American accent as Trinity Wells.
1: They are giving us the codes. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I mean, before class, she was the only actress to appear in every single Doctor Who spin-off series, like and the main show. So, can we also talk about stand-up
0: performance? Yeah. Can we talk about Sarah Lancashire?
1: Oh yeah, I can't believe
0: we've not spoken about Sarah Lancashire. Let's go. So I don't know if her species is a human. It's a humanoid. I guess not a human. I. I was
1: under the assumption, no. Like, she, she was brought... She's not a part of the Adipose family. She was, like, hired by
0: them, but I assumed she was humanoid. She must have been hired for services she offers off-world. Mm. She was fabulous. I've just got off the back of watching all of Happy Valley. Mm-hmm. And, oh, what a performance, what a performance. And now, I'd seen a video of her meeting Camilla, as in... The Camilla Camilla I mean, Camilla Parker Bowles Camilla Parker Bowles And I was like Oh what the hell is this Because the way she's speaking to her She has like a strong RP accent She's like Oh nice to meet you And I was like Oh what And I was Did like
1: You just assumed that she was like From Lancashire
0: I really thought This was how she spoke about like "Hey, yeah, you know Fuck you You know And I was like
1: She was in something recently Where she played Julia Child The chef And she's doing like a weird yes. like, sort of transatlantic Frenchy American accent Yes And I mean Honestly the range The range Sarah Lancashire truly is one of the most incredible British actors. Like, when I think of actors like that, I think of Olivia Colman. I think of Maggie Smith. I think of Sarah Langish. And this was another great performance. I think this was the first thing I'd ever seen her in. And again, I also had seen her in Happy Valley and so many other things. And yeah, phenomenal performance. I loved how she was just serving looks all the whole time. The red lipstick, the way she spoke. And I loved the little gag that she had where she was like, oh, did you not? I thought my name was a hint. I chose it Well, Foster, as in foster mother. Like, the delivery. Yeah. Like, it's so good.
0: She's so poised all the way through, like, even up to the end when the plan has kind of been foiled. She mm-hmm. she never gets... She doesn't break folly. a sweat. No, and what's funny is, I realise as well, she chases... The Doctor and Donna up like 12 flights of stairs. You see them from the She ran up the stairs, got to the top. And she just still, she breaks into a slow walk. Mm-hmm. She's not um, out of breath. No, not even a little bit. She, she just calmly goes over and then starts playing with the Sonic.
1: And she does my favourite thing ever where she says the title of the episode in the episode. She's like, partners in crime. And I was like, oh, she said the thing. She said the thing. She said the, Angela
0: Bassett did the thing. Sarah Lancashire did, did the thing. thing. <laughs> My standout line from her, I don't know if you've got another one, was um, the one that just is in my head is the spark of life. Oh, yeah, she goes, This is the spark
1: of life. When she's playing with the mm, necklace,
0: the spark yeah. of life.
1: Mm, I love it. Yeah, she has so many lines in this. There's, well, I mean, this whole episode we were saying about it earlier is just full of amazing quotes. There's the foster, foster mother, it, when the doctor's chatting with the woman on the phones and she's like, It's health and safety, you be health. I'll be saved. Uh-huh. So- oh, that's. Oh, <laughs> it's a sex joke.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've got a few more written down as well. They're all in caps. Um, one, I think we've. Oh, no, we didn't quite get to this. Smash it then. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah we where, where Donna's like She got the spanner
1: Smash it then Smash, then. smash it then um, The other one I've
0: got Is just look at my chin Fair Just way. look at my chin <laughs>
1: Look at my chin um, I love when Matron and Miss Foster Is explaining to the doctor And Donna Like who she is And how she like Nannies the children And Donna goes like What like an outer space Super nanny <laughs> <laughs> A
0: really good one as well
1: Is I'm in church <laughs> What are you doing in
0: church? Praying well, it's a bit late for that, madam. <laughs> <laughs> just 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 ten out of ten writing. Ten out of ten so writing. I one
1: thing that i would have done if i was writing this episode is in the scene where the adipose are activating all over england and all the people are suddenly emerging adipose out of them and uh, there's a threat that like 10 what is it ten thousand people or something are gonna die more in turn
0: left it says um I mean, I mean well that's
1: because their plan didn't fail in turn left it was like the whole of america wasn't
0: it? oh is so it would have been more Oh yeah, no, because so in this episode they tested the
1: UK as a breeding ground and they were like, you know, one adipose was coming out at night, no one was killing anyone um, and I think their plan was to then go worldwide and to have the planet become like a, a new breeding home because the planet was lost and it, obviously the plan for was because the Doctor and Donna stopped it, but in turn left we see an alternate universe where their plan worked but instead of coming to the UK because by that point the Titanic had crashed and the UK was kind of ruined, yes, they go yes. to America and they say like America is in crisis and it's the whole of the states turning adipose because the doctor never stopped them. But in this one, they, you know, they stop the plan before all of the people die. But one thing I would have done differently if I was writing the episode is Sylvia's on a night out with her, with her girls, with her friends. And one of her friends has been taking the tablets and then starts producing adipose and you're worried she's going to die. I would have had Sylvia on the pills because they, they could have had her like yes. say like you know i'm just gonna like you know lose it lose, use a little bit of weight or something like that yeah and then have the threat be obviously donna's unaware but the threat be that sylvia might die because she's a character the audience already know we like her by this point and then i think it would have added a lot more stakes for the audience to be like oh like crap they really need to get this sorted
0: yeah i agree i think that would be nice um it would have been a good threat actually in the context of especially maybe if they played up more Donna having fairly recently lost her dad and unaware maybe going to lose her mum as well, you could have added in a double threat there.
1: I think so. I I remember reading somewhere that Russell was saying he debated Keeping the scenes that they had filmed with Donna's dad and writing into the plot the death of her dad and having that, like, build her to become a stronger character. But I do see why he didn't do that, because this first episode is a lot more of a comedy than, like, a drama. And I also think that then would have added some really gross subtext to, like, you know, Donna has a memory wiped of everything to do with the Doctor towards the end of the season. Would she have, like, lost the memory of losing her dad? like I think that's like a gross subtext that they might not want to deal with but I do agree that it would have made for an interesting plot point like recently lost her dad could lose her mum and it really like puts a
0: fire under us to like be like we need to do this speaking of high stakes there was a note I made that was really funny we were watching the episode and they had a you know really classic of this time as well um, just uh people running around in the streets in Cardiff and going ah <gasps> and from my perspective not a very frightening scene and he went, he went oh my god I, I always feel nervous when I see these sort of scenes I think I think if I was caught in that sort of mass panic I'd just I'd just throw up <laughs> I
1: do oh, but I mean I feel like as a viewer watching these scenes whenever I see a scene with like a mass panic and like you know everyone's thinking oh my god we're gonna die I get quite like emotional and I'm like oh my god like what would oh, I okay. that was it you, <sighs> didn't, you didn't say like oh I feel quite you said you felt oh I feel quite emotional <laughs> I, like, I, I mean like I, I didn't mean like right then and there but I mean watching those kinds of things as so, I like, like oh my God, what would happen if I was there? And if I was there and all these people were like becoming fat aliens and dying and there was a spaceship I had, I think I probably would just throw up. Like, I think that's a valid flight or fight thing. <laughs> There are so many little funny moments in this episode, as we know. But I love when the spaceship is flying in to like pick up all the children. Wilf, his whole thing is that he's like looking to space. And he's like, "We'll get to space one day." There's people out there, and it's such a funny scene where he's looking at the spaceship, but just looking the wrong way. And the spaceship is like directly behind it, but he's got a head and making noise. Like he's like, <laughs> and he's just- <laughs> and he's like listening to opera or something, and he's just completely oblivious, looking the other way. I thought it was so funny. Yeah, poor boy, poor boy. Next time. Next time, next time, next time. So towards the end of this episode, uh, we get a couple of really great scenes. One of them is when Donna has decided she's going to travel, where well, she wants to travel with the doctor and the doctor has to kind of give her the warning of like, you know, it got complicated last time. I don't want that. Like that was my fault. And he's basically saying, I just want to travel with a friend. He goes, I just want a mate. You just want to mate. I just want a
0: mate. Just why not mate with me, sunshine?
1: <laughs> You're not mate with me, sunshine. It just is such, uh, it like almost feels ad-libbed. Like, the way they say it, but I know it wasn't. Tell you
0: what, they they really do Martha Dirty in this episode. There's not only the last time it got complicated and you know it does at least acknowledge you after and half a life but then oh, she fancied me so yeah the doctor um, is
1: saying like oh you know Martha she fancied me and then Donna turns to him and goes mad Martha that one blind Martha charity Martha <laughs> <laughs> and they just do Martha so dirty like I think Martha is like one of the most strong independent companions that we've had yeah. and they just seem like they make her seem like a hapless romantic Like
0: they're just like oh mm-hmm, Martha it's funny it's almost <laughs> as if it was like an in joke about like all right, yeah, guys, we acknowledge that. Like, no you one. You guys didn't like Martha. No one liked Martha, and it's it wasn't that. Like she's like I'd say like the strongest fan favorite to come back. I.
1: It's so funny because at the time I didn't love Martha, but I think it's because I loved Rose so much. I was like, you're here taking Rose's spot. And now watching it back, I think I probably prefer Martha to Rose. Like, she's just, like, I want her. I don't think Rose needs to come back. I think her story is done. Martha has so much more to do. I think Martha could go. If they didn't bring Martha back in, like, a series, like, soon, I think they she could pull a Sarah Jane when, say, who, knew who eventually goes on hiatus for a bit and comes back in 30 years. I could see her coming back as, like, a Sarah Jane character for sure.
0: I'm a strong Rose stan, and you know that. You know that. Both of us, yeah. Yeah. Yes, I totally agree with what you're saying. She's... Her story's done. Rose's story's done. I don't need her back, personally. I'm happy with the body of work she's completed.
1: I also, I mean, love Billy Piper, Billy Stans for life. How she was like, oh yeah, like a Rose has spin, up will be a rat up a drain pipe that. If it
0: was four episodes and set in London, because I'm not going to fucking Wales anymore. She was just like, no, I'll do the most low effort version of that I can do if they pay. And if I don't have to go anywhere, let me ask you this as well. Who would you rather be stuck in a room with in an alien invasion? Martha Jones or Rose Tyler?
1: What, Rose Tyler, like post- Dimension Canon or like Martha Jo? Like, when are we talking? Cause, oh, cause they're Rose quite different. Tyler has been exploring the universe and going to different like multiverse and stuff and like she has a gun, but Martha has like military, a military mind. And so I probably Martha. I'll say it's probably. Let Martha.
0: me think. Right. So like,
1: Certainly not the 19-year-old Rose, uh, where she's like, there's no one else knows about aliens except me.
0: Like, not so, right okay, now. let's compare. Think about both of them in their second series. Okay, so you have Rose series two, and you have Martha, Martha series in four. series
1: four. Oh, Martha series four, I'd say, for like 100%.
0: And then, okay, next, you have them. Okay, fine. You know what? Another comparison. They're both of them in their first series. Martha. Right, a okay. medical student. Where, and then think about them now. Okay, so you've got, you know, Defender of the Earth Rose working for, you know, Parallel Torchwood. And you've got current Martha Assuming working for Torchwood Stroke Unit. I, I, they're pretty I, matched now. I think
1: they're pretty matched. I don't think I could decide because Martha's much more, you know, attuned to my world. But Rose has literally, like, traveled the multiverse. Yeah, I mostly odd. met like Clives,
0: I guess. Yeah, I met like This is a Clives. big finish thing. We haven't listened yet.
1: Yeah, we need to. We need to dive into that. But speaking of Rose, do you remember where you were when you saw the end of this episode? I don't. I don't remember it, but I remember the feeling. I remember vividly. I'll I'll, I'll lay it out for you, audience. I'll lay it out for you. We'll sit. Let's be intimate. I was. I was at my friend Emily's house. We were all up in her bedroom, second floor. We were watching the episode, loving it. I love Doctor Who. They all know I love Doctor Who. The episode comes to an end and, you know, Donna's going to go in the Tardis. She's going to go on adventures. And she goes to that blonde woman and she gives her the keys, puts it in the bin, which is a weird choice, but we move. And then when she turned around and at the same time you saw Rose's face and the doomsday theme plays. Oh. My heart lit for joy and also sunk and i was confused because i I said like we all knew that she was coming back in that season it had been announced that rose was going to be in series four but none of us expected it'll be in the episode and i know that when they did press viewings of the episode they cut that scene out Mm -hmm. so that it didn't leak and it was one of the few times especially doing exterior filming that they have managed to keep a secret like that from the viewers and it was just so worth it having a surprise like that it was um, I, like the return of Rose was so amazing and it's obviously a precursor to a, like the bigger return in
0: Turn Left I was gagged I was stunned I still get chills looking at it I mm-hmm. must have returned to that scene so many times the, the confusion was that she was kind of wandered off and became a ghost yeah and it was like, what, what does that mean? Where is
1: she? So much mystery. Like, we knew that she was trapped in a parallel world and we knew that we were in our world. So it's like, how is she here? Where is she going? What is she doing?
0: Yeah, it was... I I mean, oh my God. I mean, I wish I'd been like an active online fan at that time because I can't imagine. I was. I was so... I, I, 11 years old No I was Specifically for series 4 And I
1: This is a question For the audience Because I know I've spoken to you about this before And you don't know about this Does anyone listening Remember the website Planet Gallifrey Because I was huge So Twitter wasn't a thing Like Facebook but It wasn't really a thing And there was a website Called Planet Gallifrey Which was like a blog Where people would post Or like that People would send to the person Who made the website And the person would post it Okay, uh, Filming leaks Which now would just end up On Twitter For Doctor Who And I remember watching The scene In The Stolen Earth Where the doctor gets exterminated and Rose and Jack run up to him and like pick him up and help him. I remember watching someone had filmed that like a fan who was there while they were filming and watching that. So I knew that was going to happen
0: and seeing filming photos like those pictures of Billy smoking, like oh. th-
1: those kind of things. You know, what's
0: funny as well. There's a whole pack of pictures of behind the scenes of that scene where she is kind of over the railings and mm-hmm. she's in like the, like what's the, the puffer coat? like The puffer coat. What are they called? What's the official name for that? Oh, I, the ones that they give people wearing a costume to keep them warm. I don't yeah. know that yet. Okay, you should know because you work in the industry. Do I Work in the costume department? No, I don't. Okay, we should know these terms, baby. If you're gonna, <laughs> if you're gonna get far in the industry, the layman's terms is it's a puffer jacket. It's a puffer jacket, and um, yeah, she's like leaning over the. I mean, iconic set of photos. By the way, we post them on at Hula La Pod on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Go and have a dig because I don't have recently we posted those. We'll <laughs> post them again for this episode. And um, don't hold me to that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's in a few days. What's funny is those pictures. I don't believe ever appeared in an actual article because the source I found them on it was like the original like you can buy these pictures to license them but I did a like whole reverse image thing I can't find them in any articles. I don't know if they ever actually got sent or if they managed to like... Maybe they embargoed those pics. I don't know if you can do that though with someone else's photos in a public space. Why not? Because they took the photo. Like when a paparazzi take a photo of someone, they then own the photo
1: of the person in the photo doesn't own the photo. So maybe maybe it's a false memory that it's all those smoking photos, but I definitely would see like... Like I have a vivid memory of seeing that extermination video. And I I was trying to find all the leaks I could about Rose because it was specifically Rose coming back that made me so excited. But yeah, thrilling return. And also uh, on the line of that as well... This episode and this series as a whole, we know that Russell likes to do whole season arcs, but this whole series was filled with Easter eggs, and this episode is much the same. They mentioned that the Adipose breeding planet was lost, which then gets led to The Missing Planets later in the series finale. Mm -hmm. They then have the Rose cameo, which she pops up, I think, again in The Poison Sky and Midnight before making her full return. Yes, she does.
0: She's on the TV, isn't she, shouting?
1: Yeah, shouting for the Doctor. Mm -hmm. We also get the Easter eggs for the Doctor Donna in the way that their paths are always tied, like the scene where Donna's car and the TARDIS appears just behind it, leading towards the Doctor Donna. Like so many teasers throughout the whole season. It's a really great scattering of Easter eggs that you can keep an eye out for.
0: I love the idea that he put in here about them like being bound together with this like shared fate, and so physically they kind of are tied together, ending up in the same places. I think it's just a really neat and easy to kind of conceptualize idea, isn't it?
1: It is. Do you think when they come back for the sixtieth, do you think it's going to be more of the whole Doctor and Donna being tied together storyline, or that destiny is over and it died with the Doctor Donna? This is a new thing.
0: It's interesting. I wonder Hmm. because they could very easily say, oh, you know, we thought it was just the Dr. Donna, but there's more, we're not done. Yeah. What I like to imagine is going to happen is that she's going to, there's going to be some situation they're like, oh my God, this is it, we screwed it, she's going to see my face and she's going to die. Skinny man. Skinny man. No, you got, what's funny about the skinny man scene though, we're talking now about the trailer for the 60th anniversary, in that Donna's mum is trying to hide the doctor. From Donna, what's interesting though is it almost looks like the doctor's trying to get past her. I think that at
1: this point, something's happened. Maybe, maybe not even with Donna directly, but something's happened with the doctor where he's aware that Donna can see him again, and Donna's getting her memories back because he's not trying to hide. He just ran out of the room. I think the mum isn't aware. I think Sylvia's not aware at that point, but he's trying to like dart around her as if to be like, "No, Donna, like it's me." So I reckon by that point, something has happened where he knows Donna's remembering him, and that's okay.
0: I like to imagine, though, that what's going to happen is he's going to, like, put hand to head and be like, right, I'm going to restore your memories now. Like, mm-hmm. and then she'll come back and go, <gasps> like,
1: you idiot. Yeah. And then it'll be like some
0: proper, like, <laughs> what the hell did you do that for? How did you do that? I was about to tell you. Yeah. There's another way we can do this. Yeah. You know, you didn't have to wipe my I was going to tell you. <laughs> How to get around this, you and do. then you wipe my memories, you plum, and it'll be you know. You do realize I'm a lot smarter than you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like that, I'd like to imagine that she was going, "Would you go like no, 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 no?" It was a bit more like a. Ah, no, I've There's t- another way. There's another way we would try, and then oh, she got cut God. off. It would be really funny, but then I imagine there'd be a resolution with that. Oh, ultimately, I'm grateful because I found Sean and I have my daughter, and I'm. I think so. I've had a normal life here where I'm safe, and and I would have, I never would have stopped if that hadn't happened. I
1: think that will be the. Re- I hope, and I think this is everyone's hope as well that with the 60th, Donna doesn't end it without her memories. Like I hope that this is because I know that some people obviously it was a good ending, and if we that was all we got, that would have been great. But so many people wanted a happy ending for Donna; they felt she deserved it don't know why uh, no, i'm kidding um but i hope that donna will get her memories back and that will be done like drawing a line under that there won't be any going back on that and she'll have these little adventures with the doctor it will be amazing and then the doctor might be like do you want to come with me and she will then say i would have traveled with you for the rest of my life i said i would and i would have yeah. but now being forced to be on earth i have my husband i have my daughter exactly like you said And I now want to stay here. And that then gave her the peace. So now she has her memories. She knows who she is. She knows how important she is. But she knows that she has now ended up with the life she didn't know she wanted. But it's the life that she, like, deserved and the life she needed.
0: I really hope it's that as well. Yeah, it'd be nice if she could keep her memories without keeping kind of the... Hybrid time trauma. lordiness. Yeah, the trauma. It doesn't seem, from the like leaks and stuff, it doesn't seem like it's the Dr. Donna, because
1: she's kind of a bit posher. Like, she's like, oh, the binary, binary, binary. Like, I, it's Donna Noble.
0: Yeah, I think so as well.
1: Alistair. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. Do you
1: want to play a little game of Camp or Damp? <laughs> Are you ready? Yes! Okay, Alistair, Camp or Damp. You be health. I'll be safety camp or
0: dump? oh you be health <laughs> I'll be safety um workplace harassment is always damp he's not a colleague <laughs> she thinks he is true oh fair there's something camp about it but okay yeah that's fair
1: an outer space super nanny camp or damn
0: camp camp super nanny in itself is camp mm-hmm. um can you imagine the real super nanny in outer space oh my god what's it? that's not acceptable it's not acceptable it's acceptable that's not acceptable
1: you guys are in a crisis. I'm on my way. I'm on my way. Oh my god, David Tennant and Catherine Tate returning
0: to Doctor <laughs> I'm on my way. I'm on my way. That was so camp. And finally
1: i'm waving at fat camp or (laughs) damn
0: it's camp and your delivery was really camp and very accurate i liked it i also let's throw up one more i don't think you're going to ask about this one but i think the the entire portrayal of miss foster everything miss foster did the poise the poise the red lippy the sonic pen the strut the wry smile i
1: low-key wish that sarah jane had the sonic pen and she had the sonic lipstick i think that would have really the red lippy
0: you know what, it would have made more sense as well because Sarah Jane's a journalist.
1: <gasps> True.
0: She should have had the pen, and who had the red lipstick? Not Sarah Jane.
1: Sarah Jane never She would always be like, just my colour. I'm like, I do not say anything but a bare nude on you, Sarah
0: Jane. I kinda of went into Moira Rose then. A bare nude on you, Sarah Jane Smith. S- Sarah <laughs> Jane Smith, you do not look to be wearing a lot of mascara. Nobody's ever gonna forget you, Sarah Jane. <laughs> <laughs> well uh any fun facts for me this week
1: sam yes i do have some fun facts for you did you know that miss foster was originally uh going to be called miss Rattigan? Uh, it was changed because russell t davies thought that it better encapsulated her motherly role to be called miss foster uh, and that was why the name was then later used in the Sontaran and surname ratigan with luke
0: ratigan i can't credit Russell D Davies with any particular genius there for surname Foster and being like, Russell Phelps gave him a motherly thing. Oh, oh, no, really? I feel like, it, I mean, I was gonna say I feel like Russell wrote it. He did write it. He
1: did. But like the literally verbatim, I imagine him saying like Julie Gardner, Foster,
0: foster. as in Foster Mother. Oh, and, and she said, oh, very good, Russell, very good. Put that in the show. Pop that in.
1: One fun fact, which I guess is not really a fun fact, but I find it interesting, is that this episode is actually set in two thousand nine because of the whole thing with aliens in London and World War Three. Okay. The Doctor Who timeline is always one year ahead oh. of where we are, so I always assume it's in two thousand eight, but it's actually always set a year in the future. Is that always has that carried on? I feel like that would have stopped with series five because they never specified when the doctor met Amy, like came back to adult Amy, he never specified when that was. Mm. So that could have then been 2010. But everything in Russell T Davies' first era after Aliens of London was always set a year in the future.
0: It's quite fun to imagine that he overlapped himself for a year as two doctors.
1: Mm. Possible. 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 Possible.
0: Possible. uh, Stranger things have happened. Stranger things. I've had so much fun this episode. I've had so much fun. I had fun watching. I had fun discussing. You've really made me laugh today. And it's not just wine. Thank you for the clarification. That's all right well there we are thank you for joining us on it's this been nice ride. to be back together in person again very close together it has i mean i'll tell you this like for people listen to
1: this editing a podcast is a little bit
0: tricky um, oh my god it's so hard it, Can, i'm like i mean i've had to let go of being kind of a pedant about audio because it's just not possible
1: we when we first started in this podcast we used to like send versions over to each other and have like all these notes and edit things down you've kind of had to like both of us had to become a bit more lax with it but doing it on zoom it's easier in that you have your two different audio tracks but there's just there's just something about being together and chatting. There's
0: something about being a foot apart from each other. Adds a certain weight to your opinions, staring someone dead in the eyes. We're like, our eyes are like 30 centimetres away from each other right now. I think 30 centimetres is quite generous. Generous. It's it's intense. (laughs) This has been an intense app. It has, but I have really enjoyed it and I hope you all have too. I've enjoyed sharing this space with you and you, listener. And you, listener. And as always, we would love you to continue
1: the conversation. Uh, Reach out to us on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok, all of which are at Pod. And you can
0: also rewatch old episodes of the podcast also on YouTube at Pod. And if you enjoyed today's episode, we'd really appreciate it if you could follow us on whichever platform you're on and please rate us. Five stars would be super ideal. If you've got a minute to do it, if you want to leave some text and just be like, yeah, slay, can then that'd be great too. Thank you so much for listening
1: and we will see you again next week for another episode of Hoolala. See you soon.
0: Bye. We should really do more episodes that we know this well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We really should. <laughs> There's so many episodes we do for this podcast where Wait, we're doing research. His name is Jonathan, I think. <laughs> the director's, director's name is, well, I'm not sure. It was 50 years ago now. <laughs> but I loved I loved it. Uh- I'm not sure what well, came before or after, but I like <laughs> <laughs> like I the I, style. I next <laughs> week. I, I, I thought Liz Shaw was great. I thought she was. It's a shame we don't get more. I don't think we get more. Oh, she had a whole series. Oh, I'm glad. her.